Welcome back to the Hustle System Podcast, where we dissect the patterns of success and failure for some of my favorite people in the space of business, whether that's marketing, sales, fitness, happiness, coaching. If uh, they're making moves, they're making waves, then they're here. And today I'm extremely grateful to have Sarah Ann Stewart on the podcast. Sarah is an interesting character because she is all about happiness. And, you know, when the average person says something like, well, are you really happy? It really raises quite a bit of thought. And she's really dialed in on how to go inside yourself, how to find that place of Zen, how to find the process that makes you tick and how to take all of those components, how to bring them together and how to kind of cultivate your inner garden, if you will. And uh, I'll be a little bit vulnerable here for me as, uh, as a man recording this podcast, it opened up a lot of interesting questions such as, do we push too hard for external validation for external results, the house, the car, etc. And do we maybe not take enough time to take care of our internal self? Uh, we talk about radical responsibility. We talk about holistic health. We talk about going inside yourself, finding that inner child. We talk a lot about the power of feminine energy, that feminine story that uh, I believe every man should be able to tap into as well, because at the end of the day, every man came from a woman. And I think it's important to remember that. So I am uh, extremely blessed and I count myself extremely grateful to dig into this very open, very transparent and very heartfelt interview with Sarah Ann Stewart. We've never wavered from that vision. Beyond yourself and ourselves, I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. Uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. That app comes with incredible rapidity. One electrical art after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted. It really is a revolution. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Um, so let's kick it right on off. How does it feel to be at home all the time? <laughs> well, you can see that I look kind of like a hot mess. Appear <laughs> that I haven't showered in days. Um, no, I definitely have showered, but I am in my pajamas. Laundry is very easy right now. Uh, basically, just in and out with with the same jumpsuit day in and day out. So it's um, it's been interesting. It's been eye-opening and awakening. It's been very much healing and transformational for myself, my business, my partnership, my relationships. There's been a lot of healing taking place between family members and myself. And so it's been a in all of the chaos and frustration and pain and fear, there's been a lot of beauty that I'm witnessing and is coming out of it. Um, as much as I dislike as an extrovert being home all day alone, well, my husband's here, but um, just being home all day for two weeks straight, I also am finding finding a lot of grace and ease in the process just through the gratitude process of witnessing what's what's coming forward. That is a blast. Yeah, finding, finding the good um, through the process is important. And, um, you know, uh, my philosophy on this thing is it's like we have this movement to elevate human consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to kind of, 
get to be like a unified planet that lives at one with the planet without this imminent fear in the back of our mind. We're going to mess it all up. Right. Um, and so I view this as maybe like a little bit of a test. Can you maybe talk a little bit about your vantage point for mm. how you view this in almost like a cosmic energetic kind of sense? I think that'd be kind of interesting. Yes. So I, since I was a child, I just had this knowing very much intuitively that the way we were living and operating is not sustainable and that this would come at some point. And so for me, it hasn't actually been this massive surprise that how we're operating systematically on our planet just isn't fundamentally working and it's not sustainable. And it's really interesting because I, I made a post yesterday and I put a sign up and I said, newsflash, the world is, is not going back to normal. And it was very triggering for a lot of people. And I wrote it from a beautiful place of just saying the systems are collapsing. Our medical system needs to change. Business structures need to change. We need to come together as one to help thy neighbor, to help those who are suffering, to remember the elderly who came before us, to remember our ancestors, to remember the earth, to connect back to who we truly are. And in that, I feel like it's rallying us all together. But in that, and in the change of people having to really let go of who they were, their egos, their identities, what they reference themselves as, there is so much pain in that, in letting that go. And for me and a lot of the people that I'm in relationship to, it's an exciting time because this is what we stand for. This is the leadership role in which we've been pushing for for so many years. But I understand on a deep level of compassion how challenging that thought could be that our life will not go back to the way it was. And I think that certain things will come back like birthday parties and weddings, and there will be aspects of our old life, but just fundamentally who we are like to quarantine in a home, to have to be with our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, all of it is very healing and yet brings up every shadow in every corner that exists. And I think it's more important than ever that we're turning to resources to help us on a mental health aspect to really get through this time because I get that the anxiousness and the depression and the fear and the pain is surfacing. Um, but I trust on the other side of all of this, it's going to be this awakening of, wow, we don't need as much. Life can be simpler. We have connection through virtual means like we're doing right now. We can create communities with people all over the world to inspire one another. We can lead and I think most often right now, people want to be part of something, but they don't want to lead it. And that's what has been a big conversation in my business coaching, in my masterminds, in the groups that I'm in. It's like right now, more than ever, we need people to lead because people want to be a part of something. They don't want to be part of the old model. But I think this is a beautiful time of like transition where we step into how do we lead from a place of integrity and honesty while still encouraging abundance and still create, creating financial success and still doing all the same things, but with responsibility and radical responsibility to, to give back and to make sure that if we are benefiting culturally from our businesses, we also are giving back and we're helping the planet and we're paying the taxes for you know, the, the emissions that we're letting off from our cars and our planes. And it, it's just really important that we stand in this space of responsibility at this time for, for every choice that we make. And I think we're waking up to that. 
Yeah, I love I love seeing that. I love um, the the two words together: radical responsibility. We'll unpack that in a moment. And um, this really is, in a big way, almost a um, you know they're talking about the market correction, right, on the business side. But I really view this as a an almost an environmental correction as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the plan is kind of raising its hand and going, "Hey, come on, guys, um, you know you can't can't keep doing that. Can't keep doing that." And uh, it's just like any, um, we kind of are the bullies, right? We kind of are a little bit of like the bullies on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, that's a tough thing to be a part of that, right? It's, always, it's kind of hard to draw the divide of, um, you know, like, like t- take me for example, I have good intentions, but I, you know, as, as a privileged individual in the United States, mm-hmm. consume exponentially more resources than uh, any other person in almost any other country. Um, and so you can have these good intentions. Um, but then at the end of the day, it's like, what is that point of impact? Are you actually um making a positive difference or a negative difference um mm-hmm. good example of this is tom york had this problem uh from radiohead who's releasing a radiohead he had this um kind of conundrum when he was touring a lot so he was on these great um environmental tours and he's doing these big stadiums mm-hmm. and uh, he would go back to his you know <laughs> caravan of buses and then go go across the country and then he's playing sold out arenas that are using this copious amount of electricity trying to preach this message um and so he had a great conundrum with that can you maybe take um those two words radical responsibility can you unpack that a little bit more i think i think that that would be really great because it really applies to the environmental aspect Mm -hmm. and uh to the business aspects i think Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are listening um they maybe have a lot of fear they have anxiety they have some stress as it results to the current situation Mm -hmm. and um to face that really does tie back to the leadership component that you mentioned. And to have that leadership component, I think that radical responsibility um, yeah. is maybe a good first step. Yeah. And to go back to your point about looking at the consequence of our actions, I've been thinking about that too, in terms of charity events, right? So in order for us to give, so often we have to create these galas and we need to sit around a table and be convinced to give our financial resource for someone else. And like, we have to get something for that give. And there has to be that energy exchange. And I think that's another place where we're going to see the model shift a bit where where we don't need to get anything in order to feel the responsibility to give back because we are so privileged in this country. We are so privileged in America. I know, I know so, so much of my gratitude every day is just to sit in my home and just be thankful for, for what I have. And so the radical responsibility piece is something that I, as a holistic health coach, as someone who works with a lot of clients, in the space that I work in, I think it's so important that we start to take on that responsibility. And I can, from my lens of what I see with my clients, very much in my space, what happens is we go from diet to diet to diet to diet. We go from coach to coach to coach. We go from program to program to program, workshop to workshop. We always need something outside of ourselves. We always need something external to fix what's inside of us. And the problem with that is that you will always be seeking the next thing to fix what is internal until you do the internal work. And so what's what I have found is that when you take away the diets, when you take away, okay, let's give you a, a food protocol or a movement protocol, when you take away all of the external and the blame component where they can blame someone else. So the reason we're seeking the next thing is because when it doesn't work for us, we can blame them and not take responsibility. 
And so for me personally, the work that I've been doing with my clients is empowering them to step away from all of the external, to look at how they've jumped from one thing to the next, to dive into the internal process. And most of the time that comes through meditation and mindset work, uh, mindfulness practices, forgiveness, affirmations, um, all the things that really allow us to witness our own wounding patterns, our pain, our maybe projections, our fears, and then to go inside and to heal that. And what I have found is that when you heal the internal wounding patterns from your childhood, from the stories, from social media, from the conditioning in which have been projected on you, none of that's your fault. However, you're taking on those stories and they're not serving you because again, when you're jumping from thing to thing to thing, you're not actually getting better. You're just mitigate, you're, you're, you're delaying the bleed, right? You're delaying the inevitable chronic sickness or the things that are, are potentially to come. And so when we do the inner work, and we actually heal the wounding patterns of stories, the cultural stories, the media stories, everything that's been projected on us, that is when we then take that responsibility for ourselves because we're cultivating under all of that self-love, self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth, all the things that we so deeply um, desire to have that are already in us, but they're just being layered upon with stories. And so... I've just found that we can continue to look externally. We can continue to jump. I so often see when, when I start to dive in with clients, it's like, did you finish that book on your nightstand? Did you finish that podcast you were listening to? Did you finish that workshop that you bought a, a, a year ago? Did you finish the coaching program that you started? And nine times out of 10, it's no. And it's because people get so close to that shift and then it's scary. It's like, oh my gosh, who will I be on the other side of that coaching program, that coach, that workshop, that even the, even the podcast, even all of the things, who will I be on the other side of that? And so they step back, they blame, they jump to something else, and then they never have to take the responsibility. And it's a hard thing to hear. I get it's going to trigger people listening to this, but on the other side of the inner work is what you truly want, what you, I believe on a soul level you truly want, which is to witness yourself in the unconditional love, self-esteem, self-confidence, taking control of your life, not blaming specifically right now the government, the medical system. And that doesn't mean that we're mitigating that they've made mistakes. It's just taking responsibility where you are and saying, I'm going to be a witness to where other people fall short, but I'm going to do what I can from my place of empowerment to live my best life. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's an identity component there too, because right. once you I have, once you cross that mountain, so to speak, and you're in that new valley, now you have to be that person, mm-hmm. right? If, um, if you're a business owner, right? If somebody you know, has little fears or anxiety around starting the business, well, once you've started it, that's it. That's a, you can't point your finger <laughs> outwards, right? You, you're, you have to be, we talk about a lot, uh, a lot about that, where I think a lot of people think that you um, have this action doing, so action getting being mm-hmm. sequence of did the action, got the thing, and then you are that person, right? I think mm-hmm. um, that, that's a really common misconception. And we do focus a lot on be the person first. I think a lot of people have a hard time with that on, str- on pure blind faith. Um, I think to be able to do that and to be able to say, 
I am confident. I am powerful. I am strong. I am charismatic. I am, you know, all of these great things in abundance in um, living a life of passion, prosperity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You almost have to be delusional in a way, I think. Um, and that's something we talk about a lot about in our masterminds, you know, these, these really, you know, 10 K plus uh, masterminds is, is like, what's the level of kind of delusion that you then manifest? Um, you know, um, we, we can get into a little bit of like quantum territory if you want to, you know, I'm, um, I'll just, I'll just close. I'm not a huge fan of the secret because I find it disqualifies a lot of people from taking the actions they need to take. They're like, right. oh, cool. I thought it, I wished it. And I didn't, but I didn't do it. <laughs> it's like, why? <laughs> right, right. Which is kind of what you're talking about. It's, it's like, I agree. Finish, yep. finish the book, do this stuff, like connect it all the way through that our bodies are kind of like the, the physical manifestation of these great dreams and ambitions that we have. Um, so one thing that you, you touched on that I felt was really, really interesting here is some of the processes that you go through. So mm-hmm. what I want to do is can you kind of give us a little bit of a behind the scenes look mm-hmm. on where are you with your current development of the coaching process? Mm-hmm. And what are some of the things that you're kind of stumbling on now that for you are the cutting edge next uh, step? Uh, mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, you can go, with, uh, there's, there's a roomy, there's Osho, there, there's a lot of these things, but what's that thing that for you, you're like, oh, I'm extremely excited to implement this in the process. It's, and you're still kind of figuring out because you seem like you have yeah. most of it really well structured and figured out, mm-hmm. but there's always that thing that like, it's kind of, kind of excites you. What's mm-hmm. that thing for you right now? Yeah. And to go, and to go back to your, the delusional part where I think people do feel that they're like, well, I'm lying to myself because I am having to pretend that I love my body, even though I look in the mirror and I don't. And in my work that shows up as on the other side of the diet, on the other side of the weight loss, on the other side of the body, that's when I love myself. But when we reverse engineer like that, as you said, we cultivate the self-love, the self-confidence, the self-esteem by just taking those little steps every day, recognizing how your thoughts are impacting your behavior that are impacting your habits and then impacting your whole life. And so when we start with what does self-love, what does self-confidence, what does self-esteem look like for you before you actually lose the weight, then the weight loss is easy. Then the cultivating the seamless experience to show up from a place of responsibility because you love yourself because you instill that in you is so much easier. But I get, as you said, and I I do hear a lot of people say, well, um, that I'm lying to myself. And my argument to that is you're not because at the core level of who you are, your self-love, your self-confidence, your self-esteem are are not, it's not a roller coaster. It's not like your self-esteem and your self-confidence that's inherent in you. You are born with that. That is your birthright. And so you're just, again, activating what's already inside you. So it's actually not a lie. And that's how I kind of move people through that mindset is that, no, you're worthy. You've been worthy your whole life. You just had been told that you're not, but that's not actually your truth. Um, And something that I'm seeing more and more. I I do feel like the mindset shifts, the meditation, the science behind meditation is becoming more and more powerful in the sense specifically for my practice where we look at how does 
someone sitting and being quiet actually impact weight loss. And so it's an indirect approach where we are seeing it increases compassion and self-love and self-esteem and self-worth and decreases anxiety and depression. It improves your emotional responses to wanting to go avoid by suppressing your emotions with food. It allows you to take the responsibility and, and witness the wounding patterns. It allows you to see where you need forgiveness. And so I do feel like meditation, we're just tipping the iceberg from a science perspective of what that is going to do in terms of revolutionizing our healthcare system, um, our childhood obesity, childhood sickness, um, bullying, all of those things that are are being impacted and impacting future generations and even the self-esteem of young teenagers, which we're seeing is sadly such a massive problem right now. I do think that through getting them back in their body, you can actually experience freedom from your body in the sense of your relationship to it by getting in your body. So I think that there will be movements around moving. We're seeing that... Um, one that I love right now is Julian Huff's Kinergy. Um, we're going to see more of that show up. We're going to see more of getting in your body and activating the heart center. I think so many people are in their minds. I think that the next wave of movement is very much towards the heart math approach, the science behind the heart, the electromagnetic fields of the heart, connecting heart to heart with other humans. I think that that's going to be a big movement. That's something that's been really interesting for me because I see so often clients are stuck in their mind and they're operating from the beliefs which aren't theirs. And then we bring them down to their heart to connect in their heart. They have a different visualization of their future. They have a different view of how they want to interpret the world. They have a different relationship to other humans. And right now, more than ever, we're seeing the divide. We're seeing people say, well, it doesn't impact me, so I don't care. And then we're seeing the other divide, which is, I'm coming together heart to heart with humanity. And I keep thinking, how do we get the divide of, because it doesn't impact me, I don't care, to bridge them into the, we are all one. And I believe that that's, that's going to come through the heart. It's going to come through the place where we are least connected on this planet. Um, and it's going to show up more and more from a science perspective. And then, and then the third, probably through the breath. I think... I think getting people to breathe, I have a lot of friends doing a lot of work right with this right now in terms of the science of, of breath. I think that that's the third component where we're just going to see an influx of breathing apps and a lot of work around this just in terms of regulating anxiety, increasing optimal mental health. Um, and I think what's so cool right now, virtually we're seeing that you can go to a doctor's online. You can. This is all becoming so normal now with this crisis and and i have a doctor's appointment monday like online it's so cool i don't have to go in it's 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 amazing so we're going to see this this increase in functional and integrative medicine that is accessible to more people because right now it's very much in new york la the major cities and we're going to be able to see that it's going to get to spread very quickly and they're now allowing it to be you know, the FDA approved that they can do border to or cross border mm -hmm. states, which is so cool. So we're seeing a lot of um, restrictions break down in this time. That's going to open up a lot of opportunity for so many people to get access to, to healing. It's amazing. Okay. There, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, 
So well, let me start it with this. So I, I think, in, in, you know, I do, I do internet marketing. So I mm-hmm. automatically fall into the weird, the weird group of people, right? The, the, the weird I green, do it as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the weird green well. smoothie. Like, why is that guy drinking lemon ginger cayenne juice? What's wrong with him? Um, so I automatically fall, fall in that group. And I think what we're seeing here is from, a, from an economic standpoint, really quick, and I'll tie this all together, is a lot of people are, are working from home. And for me, it's kind of like, well, well, nothing's really changed, right? Nothing's really changed. What's going on? Why is this so weird for you guys? Why is this so weird? Um, so, so, so it's a little bit disorienting, but to get to that point, like as an entrepreneur, and, and this applies to, uh, to a lot of stuff that you do, you kind of have to break down your own assumptions, right? This assumption mm-hmm. that you have to work for someone else, this assumption that you have to trade time for money. There's all these layers and layers and layers of assumptions that we have. And those... Yes, we have them about the world, but we also have them about ourselves. So one of the things that you mentioned is those individuals that are facing, you know, body issues. Like I grew up, I was the smallest kid in my school. I always got picked on. So I always had this association of you are not strong. You, you, you are, mm-hmm. you're not a strong person, right? Um, and, and you have to go and you have to rewire that and process it and clear it. And um, we're seeing this great shift I feel where this is actually a cleansing process mm-hmm. where like, you'll notice that like you and I will hop on a podcast. We're like, Oh my God, it's so good to see you. Like, Oh, whoa, human. Hello, human. You know, we're <laughs> recognizing what it means to be human. A lot of these things that you're talking about are basic human things mm-hmm. that we just forget. We forget how precious um, life is. I, I was talking to a dear friend about this. I'm, I'm like, listen, yes, a lot of, there's a lot of fucks. There's a lot of perceived chaos, but life is free. There's, there's not like a, a, a check you have to pay back when you get your life. You're just born. Um, and that gift so far outweighs everything that you can possibly obtain as far as objective reality um, that it really is monumental. It really is, you know, mm-hmm. what is the essence of being a human? And you're really tying that back to the heart, you know, to not take your heart for granted. Um, heart disease is a huge issue in this country, right? Um, and it's partially because of that, because we forgot about the things that make us truly human, the breath, the connection, a lot of these things. So what I'd like to ask of you is if you can do the listeners a little favor. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of uncertainty, I'll put it out in the air. I call it mosquitoes and ping pong balls. So mosquitoes are things that are kind of out there. And then ping pong balls, they kind of get in your head and they bounce around, right? Like thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, And meditation helps you kind of clear that. So there's a lot of mosquitoes of things like anxiety, you know, uncertainty in the world, et cetera. Um, And so let's take um, take just a use case of you know, somebody sitting there and um, they probably just got laid off, you know, mm-hmm. they, or maybe they're working through the process of getting laid off and trying to stabilize their financial situation. Um, maybe there's another person that they just had to shut down their business. Yeah. And, um, so maybe there's another person that's questioning whether or not they have the strength, um, to go through this, um, as a human being with everything that's going on. Would you be open to doing just a small little exercise? If, if you're someone who's in that type of, mm-hmm of headspace. Yeah. Um, could you maybe walk them through some of the, the great coaching that you, cause you've got an amazing private coaching program. Yeah. Um, maybe just do a, a nice little teaser for us. I think that'd be really, really great. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of who the, 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 and this is really important too, as an internet marketer, um, is that you're always connecting to the person and not to like bring this back to internet marketing, but I think so often right now, the messaging is like about us and we forget that there's someone else on the other side of the screen. And so as a business owner, as someone who potentially maybe you're shifting your business and so forth, it's so important that we connect back to 
a person, right? We can can connect to who they are. There's there's a heart beating on the other side of the screen. They, if you've taken the time to send them a message, it, it needs to come from a place of integrity, authenticity. Like it needs to be heartfelt. It needs to be, and, and we're seeing this so much more with transparency around selling, right? It, 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 it it's like we can see now through through people who are just there to make money and people who are genuinely witnessing and caring about us on the other side of the screen. So that's like, that's like a side note, but I think with this, because you gave multiple circumstances that potentially someone could be going through what I, what I like to offer is to not mitigate the feeling that that person is going through. I think it's very important to feel because right now, more than ever, most likely when you're in your home, you're probably going to drugs, alcohol, food, maybe over-exercising, under-exercising. And so I would connect to what they're currently using to avoid the feeling that is surfacing in the experience of whatever it is that they're going through. And so and if they're not using something, maybe they're potentially just in it and really feeling it, witnessing and allowing those emotions to come up. And so you can do that through journaling, free throw writing. One of my favorite exercises is morning pages where you allow your subconscious mind to free flow in the morning, right when you get out of bed. And I think that what that allows us to do is that when our thoughts and our feelings, our emotions are in our head and we don't know how to actually move through them, we again, use things to avoid. And so when we allow ourselves to be in meditation or use forgiveness letters um, and so forth, or, or even journaling, it, it, it allows us to take the chaos and put it on paper. And then sometimes and often recognize that we are strong and empowered and can cope from what's coming out, right? It's, it's not as scary as it actually feels in our brain. And it also dissolves the emotion that you're experiencing in your body. People are scared of journaling because they're scared mm -hmm. to confront their thoughts. They're scared of meditation because they're scared to confront their thoughts. But when you actually recognize that your thoughts are very much just thoughts, they do not define you. They are Basically, they're going through your brain, but you, someone had to t tell you to think that thought. And so they're just a reflection of everything that's happening in your world. They're going through your mind and you get to choose which you, thoughts you allow to come and which thoughts you allow to go, which thoughts you activate, which thoughts you empower, which thoughts you dissolve. You have that choice. And so the process would really look like allowing them to move through the emotion, experiencing the emotion, doing whatever they need to actually feel into it, cry it out. On a physical level, if you cry, it helps clear you on a cellular level of those emotions. It's really important to cry, let yourself cry. And then I would start, and then usually when we have more time, we would, we would start looking at what are the behaviors every day? What are the habits? And then how do we empower new habits to create a new life. In this circumstance, I think it's just really important to remind anyone going through this circumstance that, again, whatever is showing up, and this is a Tony Robbins quote, whatever is showing up is happening, not to you, it's happening for you. There is a blessing, there's a silver lining under all of this. And we, 
this is my personal spiritual belief and I, I do teach this. So again, I just believe that we choose before we get here, certain experiences that are lessons in our life. And so we, within the expression of all the pain and the fear and the frustration, what is showing up for you? That could be your greatest lesson that you've ever been gifted. And then how do you use this opportunity as, as a beautiful lesson in resilience as a human? Like how do we offer the, the ability to take a step back, witness all the fears, and then say, this is building and cultivating resilience that I've never knew that I could ever cultivate inside of me. And then, and then going into meditation and really identifying, okay, what, if I clear all of the, the energetic expression of pain, what then do I allow to, to come forward? And there's a really powerful quote by Rumi that I've been sending a lot of people that says, when you finally accept where you are, the door opens. And so I think we have to go through the pain. We have to pay attention to the behaviors, pay attention to how we're avoiding. Then we have to move into acceptance and surrender, which would be the next step. And then we have to say, how is I, uh, how is I um, coaching you? How can I support you through, let's get to work. Let's get you the right resources. Let's get you the right podcast to listen to. Let's get some positive content in your ears. Let's think, strategize. Uh, let's brainstorm outside the box. If you could ever dream up anything in your life, this is the time to do it because when things are broken, it's the time to dream big and create from imagination and think of ideas that you never thought. I was, I was going through a list of what was created during World War II and it was like profound. It was like super glue and duct tape and like all the things we use today were these things were created in the greatest chaos. And so I think more than ever, this is the most opportune time to yes, feel the feelings and then get to work. Then say it's time. Like I potentially could have that million billion dollar idea sitting in my home right now. And I'm going to allow the universe to offer me what needs to happen in order to to create the blessings I need in my life. And I get from from being in that place like many years ago of just being broken. And at that time I had no money. I was like sleeping on couches. I get that in that it is so hard to find that strength, but finding it has cultivated a strength in me today that's allowing me to be a leader during this time. And I just trust that whoever is going through this, this time is building your resilience. It's like going to Burning Man. It's like building that part of you that will get you through the future, that is going to get you through potentially something much harder, which is going to activate something in you that is going to create that company, create the things that you've always wanted. Um, and I just... I think that there has to be the acceptance and then there has to be the let's get to work. And that's a hard thing to hear. I, I know it is because the last thing people want to do right now is get to work. <laughs> well, well, kind of, kind of. It depends, it depends on what you It depends on the on. person, but a lot of people are like, Sarah, I can't even, you know, I can't even think about that. And I'm like, 
but it's time. We, you know, we've been in this. But it's the number one thing. Yeah, it's the number one thing you need to be thinking about and continuing to maintain momentum. Um, I want to tie back to a couple of things you mentioned. Yeah, I know. Sorry, that was a lot. No, don't be sorry. Thinking of the whole process, and I'm like, there's so many steps here. I probably skipped like 20 of them, but no, you're 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 channeling your inner badass. I am loving it. Um, No complaints at all. You mentioned um, you mentioned a word that's is hard for men to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, wanna, I do want to talk about some societal expectations on both sides mm-hmm. um, for men and for women in a moment uh, as it relates to this, but you said crying, 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 right? Yeah. Um, and there, there is a bit of a societal expectation that especially, especially during times like this, mm-hmm. um, if you are a particularly a male, I, I think this applies across the board. I don't think there should be a, a binary hard divide down those two. Right. Um, but if you are um, in a leadership position, I'll put mm-hmm. it this way, of any capacity, mm-hmm. um, that there are times that are appropriate to show weakness and there are times where they're not. Mm-hmm. And often, um, you know, if you were to call this quote wartime, right, um, right. You, you referenced um, a, a very, um, you, you know, significant wartime period as well. Um, that y- you should not um, show a weakness and instead you should collect yourself. So if you had a, a piece of advice um, for just the male audience, mm-hmm. if when they hear that, they're like, because like, uh, I'll, ju- I'll just be very blunt. They're like, that's pussy shit. I'm a badass. I will do it. And, and they kind of lock in um, and they hear that and they, t- they, they often tend to disqualify it. Mm-hmm. But in reality, um, there's an uh, energetic component, right? There's a lot of energy trapped. Mm-hmm trapped mm-hmm. underneath those emotions and you, you're going to need that energy. If you're a business leader, you're going to need that energy yeah. to do the output. What, what is something that you'd maybe give as a word of advice mm-hmm. um, for the guys in the audience that are too cool for school mm. um, for morning pages and crying mm. and re- release? Um, yeah. I, oh man, I think it's so important that you ask yourself who instilled that story for you that you had to be and show up that way all the time? Because there's absolutely a time to lead. And I'm finding this more and more in terms of, you know, I, I, my husband and I both had very hard meetings with our teams. We, we had to show up in full transparency. We had to be fully honest where we, Ask them to show up 110% because we were showing up 150% and we were going to do everything in our power to, to make sure that they still had a job. And in that moment, I witnessed a vulnerability in him that translated to everyone else and all of our employees. And so I think it's, it's, and, and that wouldn't have shown up for him two, three years ago before he started doing the inner work. But I do think it translated and, and showed his humanness. It showed who he was and it showed that we are all in this together and that the fear of what we're going through is very real. And so for any man that's listening, I think it's just really important to ask yourself, who, who told you or what story or when did you institute this belief? And then is it serving you like all of the time? Is it serving you to be this way all the time? And I would guess if you really connected to your heart and your truth, it's going to be no. I think there's opportunity for you to connect with your partners. I think there's an opportunity for you to connect with humanity. I think there's an opportunity for you to connect with your employers. There's an opportunity for you to connect with the neighbor, the elderly, the grocery store clerk, like, on a deeper 
level, heart to heart, if that wall is dissolved and healed. And I also think under it, there's a beautiful opportunity for healing before the breakdown. And what I mean by that is emotion is stored on a cellular level in our body. And at a certain point, there will be so much stored from a suppression sort of standpoint that it will have to surface. And most of the time that surface is in chronic sickness. Most of the time that surface is in an area of the body. And when we relate it to like the heart or a certain part of your body, for example, if you break your ankle on a subconscious level, that's very much related to moving forward in your life or your knee or the, your lower back is stability. There are signs behind this now that shows different areas of your body are very much impacted based on the emotions pain, trauma that you're storing. And so I just encourage all men to, to, to do the inner work, not just for themselves, but for their children. I think it's so important that we raise children in this time, witnessing vulnerability, witnessing and seeing our parents cry. Like that was one of the greatest gifts my parents gave me was the willingness to show emotion and describe my emotion. And if I was sad or lonely or fearful, we were, we were allowed to sit at the table and talk about it until it was dissolved. And I think that as a man, that's one of the greatest gifts you can give your children. Since, um, since we're on that topic, do you maybe want to talk about your father a little bit? Is, uh, yeah, I, w- I would love to talk about my father. So currently my father's in quarantine and it's been very hard having him. <laughs> he actually lives with me. So it's been hard to have him. It's very interesting that when you, again, create these habits and then all of a sudden overnight, like going and checking on him every day in his room and having dinner with him and the things I miss so deeply, I realize how important it is right now to heal every last bit of pain I have with him and my mother during this time. And I've been on the phone with them every day, just clearing and clearing and clearing anything I need to say, anything from my childhood that isn't resolved um, but my father, what was so beautiful about my father is he, he was a public speaker and he traveled around the country teaching about meditation and mindfulness when I was a child. And when I was around 14, 15, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer and he decided to not go down the Western route. And he, um, and that at that time I was very angry with him because he was not listening to his doctors, which I'm not telling you not to listen to your doctors. I'm just sharing his experience. And he decided to go all vegan and he cured his cancer within seven months and it still hasn't come back to this day. And so he now is published in the Hay House book and um, it's called Cancer Free with Food, my friend Liana's book. And he, he's been sharing his story and speaking at, um, he's been speaking at different community groups and so forth here in LA. And so it's been really beautiful to witness how he really stood in his power and made his decision based on his intuition. And from that, he was willing to cure this, this sickness, but it wasn't just the food. It was healing the emotions and healing the trauma and the pain from his childhood. And it was doing biofeedback and meditation and yoga every day and affirmations and essential oils and all of these different alternative therapies. And so for him, I think his success was because he addressed the cancer from a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual place, not just one. 
And I think we're seeing more and more again, like when you're asking me about trends, I think we're moving into that space where we're, where we're witnessing, we can't just approach the body from a physical place. It it no longer works. We have to approach it from every single component and, and what is my higher purpose? What is my why? Why am I here? What gives me reason to live? That's one of my greatest questions I ask my clients. Like, what gives you this reason to live where you actually want to take care of the vessel, beautiful body that you're given? And so I'm missing him, but um, doing my best to keep him healthy and an acceptance that I don't have a lot of control, unfortunately, which is, has been a hard thing I've been going through. Yeah, I bet there's there's some beautiful energy there on tapping into your inner child and experiencing some of these emotions um, that maybe you haven't experienced since you were very young. Mm -hmm. And that brings up very um, interesting, and it pulls back the curtain on some very interesting worlds that we often forgot that were there. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like this this, like playful nature, right? Mm -hmm. This playful nature, like, why is it that as adults, why, why, do, why do we get that weeded out of us? Why? That, that's the most creative and the most beautiful part of our essence. Um, gone through a lot. Gone through a lot. Um, <laughs> let, me think, let me think which thing I want to pick. No, I'm going to pick this one. Okay. So, so I think the inner child thing, we can talk a little bit more about um, cultivating the inner child. We can talk more about the family story and stuff like that. But I want to kind of touch a little bit on, um, you mentioned morning pages. I want to kind of circle back and then we'll, we'll circle back forward. Um, so the, the way that I kind of view this, and, and I do want to unpack this crying thing from, from maybe a male perspective too, to ex- expand on that. Um, so let me do that first. So often, if you're suppressing an emotion, it will bubble back up as something else. So if you're suppressing mm-hmm. fear, it will come back as anger. If you're suppressing doubt, it will bubble up as uh, self-attack um, mm-hmm. and anxiety, so on and so on. Um, and so if uh, there are things to process, one of the big fears um, that I have as a male, I'll just be trans- mm-hmm. very vulnerable here, is the loss of control, right? Men mm. traditionally, we're afraid that emotions will get the better of us, we'll lose control, and it will be like a river, and you'll be swept down the river. Um, mm-hmm. And so as a result of that, you just bottle it up, right? And, um, and now, now's, a, now's a, you know, an interesting time in business. Uh, we're also having very, very interesting conversations with, with clients, with mentors, with, I mean, you name it, across the board, right? It's, it's really, truly unprecedented. And um, I call it a, a process of cultivation. So if you were to think of kind of your mindset as a, as a garden, um, you're going to have a cultivation process. Just like you would tend to a garden, you want to tend to your inner peace. Tend, as a man, take the time, and this applies to women as well, but I, I really want to put men on... Um, I kind of want to put men in the hot seat a little bit because I want to talk about uh, women's roles in societies and some of these other, um, and how men need to appreciate women more. Um, and I feel like a lot of that comes from their own scarcity, et cetera. So I want to get mm-hmm. to that. Um, but as a man, uh, cultivate the inner peace so that you can provide outer calm. Again, cultivate inner peace for the outer calm because that is one of the most important things that we need to have is we're having a disruption in vibrational energy levels on a cosmic scale, um, or at least a global scale, from what we're seeing, um, thought patterns are kind of sliding down the slippery slope into very, very dark um, areas, really, truth, truthfully. And I believe, um, you know, uh, you, you and myself included, in, in fact, especially as leaders, need to be restabilizing the calibration of the human psyche to be able to bring back things like appreciation, bring back things like acceptance, bring back things 
that make us realize how much abundance we actually are in mm-hmm. um, as this race. And I think a lot of that comes down to the male to female dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so can you maybe talk a little bit about um, if you, if you're open to being vulnerable, what it's like to be a female entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, and some of the advantages and disadvantages mm-hmm. and things that you just experience as a woman, if you're open to being vulnerable about that, I think um, we've, we've had this conversation on the podcast before in other areas and the men that are listening are very, they want to do the right thing. They just don't know. They just don't know any better. They want to be strong. And I think often them wanting to be strong, they end up being quote, so strong. They kind of elbow, if that makes sense. They kind of, they kind of push out of the way. They're like, I got this. Um, And that's not always the right way uh, to do things. So, So they're very understanding. They're very it's a safe place. It's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, yeah. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? I, I, I think that is just one of the most important um, topics like uh, currently on the planet, actually. Yeah. I think, I think it's very important for, for men right now specifically. And what I love so much about my husband is that he, he's in such a role to empower women forward in entrepreneurship and for me i don't i don't know what it, my parents instilled in me but because i think because they were entrepreneurs and i watched my mom be an entrepreneur and i watched my dad and then and there was a woman who ended up raising me for part of my childhood while my mom and dad were building their business she was also an entrepreneur so for me she would make cakes and she had a cake company and then she worked for my parents and so i always was around wait wait there's cake Cake like 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 birthday cakes. Wait, wait where is this cake? <laughs> I know we knew. I know I'm like I would do anything for birthday cake right now. Birthday cake right now, totally. Um, so for me, it was like even though my dad was a public speaker and he traveled, I I always saw woman leadership in terms of my mom and her, and so. F- I never have, I've never, I actually think about it now. I've never had that story of like, I can't do something that a man can do. I always just have operated from the place of it's instilled in me to be independent, make my own money, take responsibility at a very young age. I I moved to Chicago and I started modeling and I just was always thinking of creative ways outside of the box to, 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 to make money and make my next step whatever that was. And so, yeah, so it's interesting to me because from where I operate from, it's just women empowerment, women leadership. Like how do I get other people to start thinking about their financial freedom, their financial success, independent of their partners is what I'm finding. So when I'm talking to a lot of women, there is this giant fear of, well, what will my husband think? What will my partner think? can I create this business while I'm working at this other job? What will he think if I make more money than him? What will, and there's all these like what ifs, which I never experienced. And so there's this sensitivity and this compassion to women who are very much not in a dynamic or partnership that is fully supportive of their highest dreams. And I think that that's the mentality that needs to shift more than anything is because 
if you want to be a stay-at-home mom, I honor and bow down to you. Like, I think that's one of the hardest jobs on the planet. But if you also want to launch a business while being a mom, but your husband isn't supporting you, that's not optimal, right? That's, that's very challenging to be in a partnership where you're not being fully supported. And so- like you're like, it's not, not optimal. Not, not, <laughs> not optimal. optimal. Not optimal. It's a very for, descriptive, descriptive two-word combination. Yeah, yeah. For your, <laughs> for your sole purpose, right? Because mm-hmm. you're always going to be living from that place of resent and that, that anger and that frustration that you don't get to cultivate the life that you desire as well. And so I think we're moving more into this shifting out of codependency, shifting more into interdependency, shifting more into a model of supporting one another in partnership, um, shifting into the belief that the woman, as a woman, we can create financial freedom for ourselves. I don't honestly have all the answers to how and how to do this, but I just think as more and more women stand in their power, it becomes easier for us to stand up to our tr- stand in our truth and say this is this is my desire and i i made an interesting post where i recently had my breast implants taken out and i put up a post where i had one side where it was like i'm my my husband and i are in love with my implants in and then my husband and i are still in love with my implants out and it went like crazy viral and although Although this, again, is very different, right? I think that's how you have to think about it. I, have to, I, have to, I think you have to think as a woman, will my partner love me with a business, without the, fin- or without the business, without the financial freedom, without my own bank account and company and employees? And will he love me with it if that's my truest, highest desire? And from the man's perspective, I think it's very important to start getting very curious about what are the dreams, hopes, desires. It blows my mind how many women actually, now that I'm thinking about how many women don't know their financial security, don't know anything about their bank accounts, don't know even how to apply for a credit card. Like I think right now in the history of where we are, it's more important than ever before that women start to take again this radical responsibility and men step in, loop them in on these conversations, whether you're starting a business or not. Women, we need more than ever to become financially independent, to trust in our partners, to share the knowledge of what's happening financially, to be open to conversation, to not be scared to ask the questions. It's a, it's a tough conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that tough. I, I, <laughs> I don't think it's tough at all. I, th- I think it's, um, <clears throat> you, you know, I, I think um, this comes back to societal norms. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think society has a hard time with it. I think uh, as, far, as far as this podcast and people listening, um, quite the opposite. This is the, yeah. you, you know, we're very good at attacking kind of the elephant in the room. In fact, we've kind of trained ourselves as entrepreneurs to do it, right? We're problem solvers. Um, so I don't view it as a... Um, as a tough uh, conversation at all, you, you know, strength builds on strength. And so what I see on um, the male side of the fence, and this really ties back to one of the first things you, you said is seeking outside of yourself, right? Um, we, we have this concept a lot of really differentiating between achievement and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are two very, very different things. Achievement is usually external. 
and is linked to things, objects, accomplishments, um, and fulfillment is internal and you can't model fulfillment. Um, You can model achievement, but you can't model fulfillment. You can't go look at Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or any of these guys to model the fulfillment aspect of it. And I think um, a lot of men uh, fall into a pattern of delusion with that, where uh, their sense of self-worth and self-success depends on the woman that's in their life. And so mm-hmm. they, um, they obtain, it becomes an obtainment, it becomes an accomplishment and not a co-fulfillment. And th- those are two very, very different ways of thinking about it. And mm-hmm. strength needs to build on top of strength. Um, so if you do not, as a man, have the strength, um, you need to cultivate that first. As I mentioned the word cultivate several times, cultivate that strength so that that strength can support the other strength um, because then it is unshakable, right? They, they have the, that phrase, unshakable confidence. That is where that comes from. And a part of that is tackling, mm-hmm. you know, these kind of more abstract, less often talked, like, why is this conversation not the most common conversation that people are having of mm-hmm. how do we, you know, women have the children. We would literally like not have a planet, <laughs> you know, like humanity wouldn't exist, right? So how is that not, uh, women um, are not feeling safe. Uh, women are not feeling supported. Um, but I, what I will say, and this, I'm sorry about the little, little background noise there. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say it's important for women to understand one thing is that often um, men, number one, don't know how to provide that support. Number two, don't have the strength of themselves because they're afraid that they will obtain and then they will lose and that will affect their identity. Right. And what they need, what men need is they need help to make it safe and um, to help them find that strength, which, which is why I love your coaching so much, which is why I really wanted to have you on because you're going beneath the surface. You're, you're, you're tackling this on a deep, um, it's not just a psychological level. There's an energetic component. There's a, there's a, a, a wellness of mind to body connection component uh, with a holistic element. So I think um, the more that we have these conversations and we remove the segment, no, it's not an awkward conversation at all. I think it's the conversation to be having mm-hmm. by default. Anyone who's too um, awkward or afraid to have that conversation, they, they are, they're scared of the invisible ghost. I call it like the Casper ghost. You know, it's um, the, the terminology we use with this. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll kick the ball back over to you in a sec here. I just, I just, I think it's good for, for people to hear that aspect too, because mm-hmm. um, very, very often men, especially they're just like, no, like I got this. And it's like, no, dude, you don't got this. Um, if you don't have the relationship and the business and these things, you do not got this. You need to pause. You need to evaluate. You need to clear the energy. You need to find, you need to make changes. You need, uh, change is scary. You need to make the difference. Um, but I, I want to unpack this a little bit further because until we get to a point where there is that co-collaborative um, unison, uh, and you, you mentioned the word unity, that unison of male-female, that, that, that co-collaborative unison of male-female will lead to a co-collaborative unison across um, racial boundaries. Um, it will lead to a collaborative nature across uh, international boundaries. Um, and those are the things we need to be doing right now, because honestly, we might, we, we may just might not have a planet, like, like that's the truth. Um, and so anybody who's quote afraid, I call it the Casper ghost. Uh, they're afraid of, uh, this little invisible ghost. And then the analogy we use is uh, when we do the mentoring calls, um, we'll say, okay, what's your like most outrageous, crazy ambition. They're like, I want a yacht. And I want, you know, all these guys like list off these crazy things. And I go, well, go get it. And they're like, what do you mean? Go get it. I'm like, go get it. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, there's no thought police. There is no 
So far, so far, as far as I know, I don't, I don't know. It might be a simulation. Okay, totally, totally separate topic, right? Yeah, might be yeah. a simulation. We might all be one of uh, part of one energy particle, which we're getting into, you know, ayahuasca territory, which we could totally talk about, totally open. <laughs> um, uh, but, but short of that, there's no thought police, right? There, there's, there's no, hey, you're going to get punished for treating somebody too well, which is kind of what you're getting at that heart to heart connection. Like there, there, nobody, nobody's going to slap you on the wrist for saying, hey. You look beautiful. Just wanted to say that I really, really, really want to see you succeed. Period. Mm-hmm. Without a, without a, without a back end agenda, without a back end assumption. Um, and, and when and, and I've, I've practiced this, like going going to air one here, right? Um, of of just really giving that energy. And it's important for people to be ready to receive because we talk a little bit about giving that hard energy, but I think a lot of people stop because they'll try, and then those other people aren't willing to receive. They're not ready for that level of honesty and that level of transparency yet. They're going, oh, what do you want? This person's being too nice. Da, 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 da. Um, so, so there's all these little cascades that happen. Mm-hmm. And we need to learn to um, trust ourselves more so that we can trust others more. And that trust will transform itself into the strength that we need to support each other. Um, I just want to kind of put men a little bit in the hot seat there because um, what I find a lot is especially in current culture, um, we're all becoming so independent. Like, yeah. like men and women, women are like, Beyonce, I don't need no man. And men are like, well, I don't need to, you know, like I don't want to get married either, right? Marriage race are down, stuff like that. Um, and so uh, on one level, it's this beautiful movement that we've created, this, this freedom, this ultimate freedom to be human. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what it comes up to is what are those choices that you're making on a, as an individual Mm-hmm. And are they good? Are they good mm-hmm. choices? Um, period. And you should be able to tell. Um, you should have some sense of conscious, yep. you know, thought and ethics. Um, and so, anyway, that's that's a long little rant. I just wanted to kind of unpack that in a unique little way for people to be able to kind of comprehend that it is a cyclical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because a part of what I what I, I hear this a lot. Um, you know, we used to do a lot of dating coaching, right? We used to do a lot, a lot of dating coaching. And um, a lot of that stuff is very kind of dark side. It's very manipulative. There's a lot of very unique angles that, that I personally don't stand for. Um, I believe as a, like as a, as a man, you should be able to take the L. You take, take the L, man. Be too nice. Be too supportive. Um, do, the, do the right thing. Do the right thing, even if it's the hard thing, right? And we as humans, I think if we, as a, as a, total entire global unit just made the decision to do the hard thing, but the right thing, mm-hmm. we would fix everything. We would literally actually fix everything from, from, um, you, you know, that you and I have any sort of interactions, right. The way that, um, a, a, a husband and wife have any sort of interactions from the way that countries have interactions. Um, and, and we'd break down a lot of these boundaries and we'd really live in a much more abundant, uh, planet. Um, and, and it starts with, it starts with that sense of right. Uh, that righteousness, that, right. that ability to do the right hard thing. So um, I just want to kind of hammer that home for those guys that are, that are listening at home uh, to reinforce some of the points that you've made. Um, yeah. I think I'm, I'm a little, pra- I'm, I'm a bit of a practical, these, these guys know me that I'm, I'm pretty practical. I'm like, how does this apply to my business? Well, it's like, look, man, um, you, you're failing yourself. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you're too scared to have these types of conversations with the people in your life, in fact, if you're shying away from anything, we made it a rule in the company to, um, we don't shy away from anything. If somebody's having a, a, a deep personal issue or a family issue, or, um, or we're, we're concerned about the state of business or affairs, it's, it's right there. It's right there in the open. And if, and if people are kind of looking away, um, we've had to 
we had to eliminate that. So um, anyway, that, that's my little rant. So I think people get, yeah, get it. I agree. Yeah. Can you tell people a little bit about your coaching and the, mm-hmm. uh, obviously the retreats are probably on pause for now. <laughs> yeah. um, so are you doing like remote retreats? Like yeah. how are you kind of? Yeah. And the one thing I did want to say, I, I, I wanted to go back to, I am in a full agreement of what you're saying. And I think the when I was referencing the tough part, I think it's the, the toughness is having to look within ourselves and say, where is the story operating from that I need to hide this from my wife or hide this from my partner or not empower her to have her business? Like, what is that story? And then on a woman's side as well, if she does want to start a business or or maybe there's a dynamic happening, it, it takes that courage to look inside yourself and say, why did I, why did, why do I have this belief or the story that I'm not allowed to be successful? And most of the time it's because we're mirroring our parents or we're mirroring an aspect of our childhood in which we were told to live a certain way. And then 10, 20, 30 years down the road, we're just imprinting that mirror and I just I do think it takes some courage and the the vulnerability to to break that break that down. But there's a really powerful Esther and Jerry Hicks quote that says, two people in alignment that are looking towards the future and wanting to manifest something together is a million times stronger if they're congruent in what they desire than independently. And I think what we're seeing, we are seeing these women and men coming together, maybe not in the same business, but they're manifesting much, much faster because they're incongruent with what they desire. And so hopefully that that's supportive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of my coaching, I, yeah, I work with, with women and men one-on-one. Um, for most of my coaching, it's very much about the food, movement, body, helping women step into their relationship with themselves. Because if you're not in relationship with yourself at the core of who you are, then it's going to impact your relationships, your career. You're going to sabotage certain aspects of yourself if you're not living fully in alignment with self-love and self-confidence and self-esteem. I see this show up in even applying for jobs and switching careers and choosing the right partner. It's, it's, it's all connected in a very holistic way. Um, and then I do work with uh, certain entrepreneurs around um, and this is more selective around copywriting and creating brand messaging. And um, my husband is is one of the top copywriters in the world. And so he has trained me and have, has given me the opportunity to use what I've learned through him to write copy and help brands get their message out in a way that is impactful and also in aligned from an integral place of, of impact. And so that's something I've been really enjoying. I just created a course around it. And so um, I'm really excited about that aspect. What was okay. Well, this is awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and maybe next time what we'll do is we'll have both of you guys on if you're open yeah, to that'd be fun. Like, talk about yeah. like, like honesty and messaging. Yeah. I dude, I have this whole message where I'm like, we're all going to get replaced by robots. You have to write to the human essence. Yeah. It's all that matters. You're totally screwed if you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I hammer and these guys are like, what are you even talking about? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have to get a certain level to even be able to comprehend that. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have that. Uh, tell us about the course. Yeah, yeah so it's ma- Mastering Your Brand Message. It's basically a four-hour course um, on just the simple, simple process of really identifying what's important to you, but then communicating it in a way that will grab 
someone's attention and then most importantly, get them to take action. Because right now we're seeing more than ever is that we're spending a lot of money on retargeting and that's not something I'm excited about. I don't think we need to retarget someone four or five, six times because if we have something that connects to them and that gives them the opportunity to change their life, they're going to want to take action immediately. And so I think that there's this misconception happening right now that we need to retarget, we need to retarget, we need to retarget, we need to like convince them to like get into our funnel and all of these things. And it's like, no, you need to connect with them immediately, connect with them on an emotional level, share with them that you're human and that you understand them and that you absolutely have what they need. And then there's no disservice in offering them a product offering them an opt-in, offering them a summit, offering them something on the other side of that as long as you've given value. And so that's what the course is about. It's, it's very much a one-on-one course for anyone starting their business um, and that wants to really learn copy quickly. It's, it's basically walking you through the very specific steps of copy, like, you know, um, whether that's writing a sales letter, writing an opt-in, writing an Instagram post, it doesn't matter. It's basically the, the oh, in, intrigue hook for next podcast. Yeah. Intrigue hook. How do, how do people find out about it? What's the, uh, like a little call to action. Obviously we'll put it in the description. Yeah. Those of you yes. listening, click I'll, in the description, but yep. take it away. I'll send you the URL. Um, it's actually, what? we just sold it through a bundle. Um, and it's going live as a separate course. Now we sold it through an entrepreneur bundle. Um, but it's just mastering your that is awesome, possum sauce. We'll include a link to that. We'll include a link to the coaching. We'll include a link to the retreats. We'll include a link to your socials. What, you. what, what, what else? What else? What else? What else? Yeah, my socials at sarahandstuart.com. So if you want to connect with me there, I would love to, love to talk with any of you that are more interested in any of this content. So if I can be of support or service, please let me know. I'm here doing everything I can to help entrepreneurs move, move through this time. Awesome, possum, sauce. Okay, now we get to my favorite part. Okay, <clears throat> got a couple little quick fire questions for you. Okay. These are fun. What's your earliest memory? So my earliest memory, I used to go, I don't know if it's the earliest, but it's the one that stands out the most. I would go to my grandfather's farm and search for arrowheads from the Indian times, like in the dirt. And I just remember it's kind of that like intrigue or that adventure. And then when you find one, it's like after a full day's of work, it's so exciting. So I always love just connecting to the earth as a child and just being on the farm. And mm -hmm. do you feel like you around. kind of do that with people? You kind of uh, search for the yeah. unfound gem in a way. I think with, I think one of the gifts I have is being able to ask the right questions to allow them to see their own blocks, which then activates the gem so they can see and witness it. Uh, I, yeah. I love that. Um, favorite animal and why? Oh gosh, I have three, three rescue dogs. I am obsessed with dogs. <laughs> I will have a farm, like a, a farm with like rescue dogs someday. I've been like, all, like half of quarantine has been like, get these dogs rescued. and like, <laughs> shut, like giving them to my friends and being like, can you go pick up a foster dog? Aww. Saving the dogs. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Favorite band, album, or song, if you have one currently? Um, band. Coldplay just brings back a lot of fun memories. I think Coldplay. I don't okay. have a specific song, but I just like them. We'll beef it up. I'm a Radiohead guy, but we'll beef it up later. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, guilty pleasure. What's something that you do that has no ROI whatsoever, but you do it anyway? Yeah. No ROI. Um, no business ROI. You know what I mean. 
What's yeah, that thing you're, you're like, this is kind of is it an ice cream thing, you know, like, you know, you know, is it coconut, um, ice, coconut ice cream mm-hmm. or is it like a habit? You know, everybody has that little, the little thing that are like, no, I hope like all my entrepreneur friends don't find out that I play League of Legends. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> this goes back, back to the dog thing. I just have, I follow a lot of dog accounts and like, <laughs> it just makes me so happy to mm-hmm. see like the, the before and after of dog rescues. I like go, I go down that rabbit hole very easily. So kind of my thing. That's, there's some magic there. There's a lot yeah. of magic there. They're, they're, they're fun little souls. Um, what's your morning ritual like? My ritual? Like yeah, morning, morning ritual. My routine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bookend my day. So I start my day with gratitude and I end my day with forgiveness. And so I have a gratitude practice in the morning I do every day. Normally I'll, I'll meditate. Sometimes I'll do 20 minutes in the morning, 40 minutes in the afternoon. Um, and then usually just some lemon water, tea, what does that meditation look like? Let's unpack that a little bit more. Let's go Tim Ferriss with it. You know, yeah. let's unpack that a little bit more. What does that meditation so look like? So I work with a meditation teacher named Chandrash Bardois. He is the founder of Break the Norms, and I've been working with him for several years now. And so over the course of working together, he has gifted me with these different mantras, these sacred mantras. And so I have a mantra that he has recently given me. I think it's the fourth one he's, he's offered. And sometimes he'll record a meditation for me to listen to, but right now I'm using a mantra that he's given me and I'm starting his meditation teacher training. And so it's been really beautiful to witness in the way he teaches is very much like it's a discipline and you have to show up and you don't just all of a sudden get the mantra. You have to actually do your practice and do your practice daily. And then as you evolve and based on what you need and what's happening internally for you, your mantra shifts. And so it's, it, it's really cool to just be working with someone who's so knowledgeable about um, ancient tradition and, and um, Hindu. And I went to India with him and now studying under him. So it's really been awesome to to be part of his um practice that's it's magical um last but not least so i call this a dark forest okay um my belief is everybody they kind of wake up and they go into the valley it's all sunny it's all stuff that they kind of know even through all this kind of chaos we even kind of in a way tend to double down on what we know mm-hmm. and so they're living their life in their valley they're they're doing their funnels they're doing their sales letter they're doing their products they're doing their stuff you know they're doing the thing they kind of know what to do but there's that they call it the dark forest it's over there and you kind of know that you got to go through it and there's some other thing that you really really want as a part of that process but you kind of put it off or maybe it's a little bit intimidating maybe you've started going through it mm. so the question would be well what's your dark forest what's that thing that kind of you're like oh i don't know if i can pull that off that's pretty mm. crazy um, what is that for you right now? We'd love to hear about it. Mm. So I've witnessed, I think that, I mean, there's a knowing inside of me that I will absolutely pull it off, but I'm witnessing the stories around it showing up. And so for me, I just finished my manuscript with Hay House and it's writing a book is, is such an emotional process and such a it's almost like therapy because the book is very much about my life. So I'm just witnessing all of these stories that are coming up from my entire existence. And I keep thinking like, can I tell that story? I don't know if we should tell the story. Should I put everything in my book? Should I put it? And, and there's sort of that debate happening where it's like, can I really go that deep? And the advice I was given was 
put everything in your first book because you don't know if another book's coming out. And by that time, you will absolutely have more stuff to talk about. And so I just went back through and it's all in there now. <laughs> and then, you know, you turn it in and you have a panic attack and you like breathe through it. And then, and then, and then you keep going back and trying to re-edit and you're like, no, it's there and, and it will all be perfect. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. I'm sure like the, the publisher like reads it and they're like, Oh, this is like, this is some real stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, yeah, that's, I, that's I, awesome. I, when, what, uh, did you have a, preliminary date uh, as of as of right now it's june of next year so we're still a year out so we'll do edits and then cover and all of that but we'll see with all of this i'm just trusting and will you put will you put a picture of a panda in it somewhere just randomly for no reason (laughs) (laughs) just like like page 47 like (laughs) just no context at all just a little panda there (laughs) we'll see they're definitely doing graphics so we'll see what what the designer comes up with you got to send him a little task you know put panda page 47 (laughs) Um, yeah it's been it's been fun to 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 do it and to witness all the things but i i literally again bow down to writers who this is their life because it's, it's it's a thing. And I think more than ever, I'm noticing how we need to support people who write books because it's so important that, that their knowledge that I believe we're co-creating with everyone who reads it and the past and all the things like the whole world is co-creating and helping you write this book. Uh, it's more important than ever we're supporting them. So yeah, I'm su- super proud of you. That's, that's a big undertaking. So send, sending my heart energy your way. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for coming on uh, to You're close welcome. it out, to close it out. I think, um, what I'm starting doing, I'm starting doing it just now. I just, I just, I just made this up just now. This is the first time we're going to do it and we're going to probably make it a habit on the podcast. Um, we're going to call it the intention. What is your intention? AKA what is your wish for the world? The world right now. Mm-hmm. I, the first thing that's coming to mind, so it must be perfect is the ability to witness and use this time as the greatest mirror that's ever existed uh, in humanity to heal ourselves, which will then heal the planet. And I trust that the more individuals that connect to the fact that uh, although this is scary and challenging and fearful and even traumatizing to some extent, it is, it is shedding light on so much of our truths and what needs to be healed and through healing ourselves. Again, we heal the planet. And so my intention is just that people can recognize that and, and I trust that they will hear this and be open to that possibility. Just be open to it as they you know, move through this very, very challenging time. That's beautiful. Sending you big hearts, Sarah. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. I'm so happy the internet worked. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best. We rocked the whole thing. It was awesome. (laughs) Deep breath. Absolutely amazing, right? I hope you enjoyed that very vulnerable conversation with Sarah Ann Stewart. Uh, Definitely opens up the heart chakra every time that we have conversations like this. And you can find her on Instagram at Sarah Ann Stewart. We will include a link to all of her social media, her Instagram, her Facebook, and her website down below this podcast. Highly recommend you check it out. She's really great. And she has something else that's really amazing. And that's her Facebook group, the Awesome Inside Out Movement. Just go to Facebook and type in Awesome Inside Out Movement, and you'll find it. She also has the Awesome Inside Out Podcast on Apple. 
which is quite great, and a free 21-day program to help you reshape your relationship with food. You can find that at sarahandstewart.com slash free. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching with Sarah, you can apply for that at sarahandstewart.com slash private coaching. Again, that's her website, dot com slash private coaching. And what you'll receive there is personalized coaching tools, mindset shifts, and epiphanies that you've never learned before. And maybe they've been in the back of your mind for months or maybe even years. And you'll be able to bring those to the forefront and be able to uh, untangle the shoelaces of your own psyche, if you will. It really is quite powerful and quite great stuff. And, um, you know, if you really think about uh, life as this big puzzle, we're kind of going through life trying to put together the puzzle of our own destiny or or of our own identity of our own being. And uh, Sarah has really worked extremely hard to be able to help you and to guide you to put those pieces together faster because at the end of the day, we don't get the the time back. But uh, if we have these epiphanies and we have them today, then every single moment that we move forward through life, we have those with us together, helping us, guiding us and moving us forward. As always, this has been Mikhail with Hustle System. I'm sending you positive vibes. I'm sending you abundance. I'm sending you gratitude. Remember to love yourself. You are here. You are truly and inherently unique and you serve a purpose. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I hope to see you on the next one. really is a revolution. Listen, uh, here. We've never wavered in that vision. I believe we should strive to do things in his ability. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourself and ourselves, I have a dream. Freedom is individual.